Well, welcome to our second podcast. This is Bill Boyarski, and this is Sherry Bevich Jeffy. Hi, and, welcome uh, to, to welcome to our inside self isolated Golden State politics. Right, and uh, just without boring you with the details, <laughs> all I can say is that it's a lot of work setting this thing up. Very complicated, and so I think that. Uh, I think that uh, our producer, director, Nancy Boyarsky, deserves a lot of credit. Bravo. But she doesn't want, if it doesn't work out well, she doesn't want her name mentioned. Well, it's her fault if it doesn't work out. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sherry, you know what really uh, pissed me off this week was the polls. I saw a poll. I was just, I was telling you about it yesterday. Mm-hmm. It, it was a poll that showed about a 4% plus approval rating for the job Trump is doing. On, yes. On, and about uh, two days or three days before that, that was an ABC poll. Two or three days before that was an NPR poll that showed disapproval of what he was doing. Four or five, four or 5%. Okay, so I could not believe that in this moment of national crisis and it's that journalists would waste their time on such nonsense. Uh, what do you mean by nonsense? It's nonsense because in the first place, and you and I know a lot about polling and I interviewed you uh, um, a while back for a story I did on polling for, uh, for blueprint magazine. First place you and I know, that the margin of error of both polls was like four or five percent, which is rather large. We both know that the sampling of both polls was national polls, 500 people. It's a bit small. A bit small. We don't know the questions that were asked. We don't know how they built their sample. I mean, did they, did they get, you know, who, who was in their sample? In other words, it was, it, it, there's no reason to think these polls were accurate. And what a waste of journalistic uh, energy. What a cynic you are, Bill Boyarski. I'm not a cynic. I'd say I'm angry. Okay. If a cynic, a cynic doesn't get angry, Sherry. I'm I do, angry. and I'm a cynic. I'm, I mean, I just think that, uh, especially after you, I did all that research and I interviewed you and Bill Schneider and a bunch of other experts on polling, to see something so questionable really made me mad. Well, anyway, that's I, I'm tired of venting. Let's go on to something. No, no. Before we, we leave this, I think, you know, the real, what I'm hearing is real frustration on your part. And there's a reason for that. Why exactly? Let's focus on the issue. Focus on trying to get, if we can ever get, our arms around this crisis. I mean, the polls, you're right, are at this point in time irrelevant. We're not even thinking about them. I don't think we should be thinking about them. What do you think? No, I think they should be ignored. But, you know, what happens is they go into this incredible mix of so-called news that that you and I, both being uh, cable TV news addicts, (laughs) 
absorb and and all the other things we 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 get our information from just goes into the mix and so it's just another bit of misinformation for people to to chew over and distracting and uh, unhelpful so you know well, let's agreed you know let's talk about something more positive uh, what did you uh, what did you think of uh, New York Governor Cuomo this morning when he he had that really long presentation. Governor Cuomo, like Governor Newsom here, and we can talk about that a little later, is really amazing. He amazes me today. He has grown better. He was good when he started communicating. He's grown better and better every day. Today, I literally stopped in my tracks and stared at the television, mesmerized by his ability to communicate, by what he was saying and how he was saying it. Far different from what we're getting from Washington. What do you well, think? Well, I think that's right. I, I mean, uh, uh, it, there, well, he is tremendously knowledgeable about, about this, you know, having been a top federal official and handled disasters in the past. Uh, he's a hands-on governor. Um, he's he's a great uh, communicator, and the thing about it is he's really straight on and honest. Like after going through all the things about the masks and this and that, all the things they need, he paused for a moment. Then then he talked about the human quality of all of this, and he he talked about the young people who were ignoring. Uh, ignoring uh, the bands uh, and how he talked about how we're all in this together. And he said something about we're all first responders. Yeah. And that's, and that is true. You know, uh, those of us who are stuck in our house can't go out. (laughs) If, If you think about it, well, that's right. If you, if you're an older person and you go out and you, and you catch it and you have to go to the hospital you're taking up room and equipment and personnel of people who really need it. So, you know, but we have to be first responders because as the president said, he bears no responsibility. Somebody has to do it, which brings me back to the governors in this nation. So many of them have stepped up to the plate, including our own governor, Gavin Newsom. And, you know, I have not been a cheerleader for Gavin Newsom at all since he was elected, but he is handling this crisis as very well. He, Cuomo, other governors, the governor of Illinois, the governor of Ohio, Republicans and Democrats, they are behaving like real executives. The chief executive of this nation, Donald Trump, could learn a lot from them, and I'm not sure he has or wants to. I think he doesn't want to. I think that uh, he, I don't know what he believes. I mean, I have no idea. Or does uh, he believe? Yeah, this man's thinking or of the processes that go on inside the White House. Watching him, I can see somebody who's totally ignorant of this process, intellectually lazy or not curious, um, totally arrogant, and then continuing to push the racism of Trumpism. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Like what? The, the Chinese virus. Calling Kung it, flu? Yeah, calling it that. Adding on to the uh, uh, racism. You know, I was watching someone this morning who I've known a long time, and she's just a terrific uh, lawmaker, Representative uh, Judy Chu from the San Gabriel Valley, mm-hmm. and, uh, who, who I've known since she was a school board member years ago. And she was she was asked about that. And she was talking about what's happening, about uh, Asian Americans getting beat up on the subway, getting beat up in the South, uh, when someone was being stabbed, and the looks you get. And, you know, uh, she's a very restrained person, and her her words were very powerful, very powerful indeed. And I, and she, I think she was speaking for so many people. And here is the president um, at this moment of national emergency, feeding, feeding uh, this racism, and also feeding his own uh, insatiable ego. 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 He, he has to be. It has to be his solution. He cannot tolerate the fact that. Uh, it's not his solution, and uh, and anyone who opposes him is an enemy. I mean, this is the same old Trump, and all it's doing is um, is is is, tear- is tearing the country apart. Continuing to tear the country apart. Yes, I want to tell you something about today that I noticed uh, talking about the references to what this virus is. All of a sudden, he showed a little bit of vulnerability when he talked about the testing, when he talked about what is being done, and he said, I am learning a lot. That really struck me because well, he never admitted that he's had to learn a lot. No, no, that's true. He has, he has uh, however, uh, he's learning a lot, but in his mind, this is uh, already building on a base of knowledge, you know, of PhD quality. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, now. He, he knows so much already, and now he's, he's, he's learning more. Not, it's not that he needed to learn anything, but he's learning more. I see. I see. Let's, do you mind if we sort of touch on the topic that we were supposed to be talking about from day one, which is, and whatever happened to the presidential campaign, Politics, yes, we are above politics now, but politics still exists and is still having an impact on what we are doing with regard to the coronavirus and how we're doing it. But you don't see much about it anymore. You know, I'd like to, um, I'd like to hear Joe Biden's voice in all this. Agreed. I'd like to see him uh, speaking uh, to uh, to the American people. I mean, he is heading toward, he's going to be the nominee. And he's going to be up there against Trump. Uh, And he's a calm, sensible voice. And I want to hear uh, what he has to say. There's such a need for that. You know, I was just mentioning uh, Judy Chu, the representative, and her, her calm, knowledgeable voice. That is. Was this a news conference that she gave? She was a. Uh, she was being interviewed. Uh, ah. uh, she was inter- being interviewed. I think on MSNBC, but I'm not sure. Uh, it was just her, and uh, and uh, 
I, I think there's such a need for that. So here is what Biden has to offer. He's a knowledgeable, calm, serious person. And I'd like to hear that, just speaking as a housebound person. Do you think that he would get television time, free television time to step up and do that? Is that part of the problem that he's not the president of the United States at this point in time? And then do you give equal time to Bernie Sanders? I mean, these are the minutiae that are frustrating everybody and which I think are part of the reason, not the total reason, obviously, that politics has been, that the campaign, that the election have been placed on the back burner. And this election is a critical election in our time. You know what Bernie Sanders should do? He should, um, he had his day. He lost in South Carolina. He lost in Super Tuesday. These were big contests. He was out there and he lost everything except California. Correct. He ought to say that let's call a halt to this thing here. Uh, we'll go. We'll have a. We have a couple more primaries, but but uh, I think we ought to look ahead. And uh, Joe and I ought to be working together on this thing. I'm and in this time and and work toward national unity. Now this will totally uh, freak out. Freak out. Freak out the Bernie Sanders left. Yes. Yes. And, so they want to they want to fight to the very last breath. If <laughs> and in his own way, I think he does too. Um, and are you saying he should suspend his campaign or just stop campaigning without announcing a yeah. suspended campaign? You don't have to announce anything. You don't have to go through all these forms and you know uh, whatever details. All he has to do is uh, say, you know, uh, okay, let's finish this thing out. But uh, I want to, I want to stand up there with Biden, and uh, the two of us call for national unity. That would be so. That would be so powerful. And I'd like to see. Uh, I'd like to see the television network that wouldn't give them amount of a huge amount of time. By the way, they are giving you know these Trump press conferences go on forever you know i know you could go to, well you can't go to the store but if you could go out you could go out and go to the store and come back and still <laughs> be going on well you can't go to the store so that stupid so, yeah, so, but you can turn the television off if it gets to be too much and i have done that right on occasion and, and not mr thing anyway what do you think why can't those why can't these two people do that just call for national unity is is that uh, They're calling for it by themselves, but not as a duo, that's for sure. And I think it, it, it probably, and I'm guessing this, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I can't get in the head of either one of them. But um, at least one of them, shall we say, probably isn't there yet for whatever reason. Although it's interesting, I was talking to a friend in Brazil this uh -huh. morning, and uh, he was calling. They are also uh, self-isolating in Rio, and we were discussing whether or not Sanders would be leaving the arena in the near future. And I, I pointed out that when he sent out emails, he generally had a donate button 
in the email, the last email that he had sent out, at least that I know of, there was no donate button. And I said, people are interpreting this as a possibility, a signal that he's leaving the race. And my friend who was watching us from a good distance said, well, maybe, just maybe he didn't keep, he didn't put a donate button in his email because he believes that people shouldn't be giving money, that they should be using that money for other things. And he should not be asking for people to give up their money. I don't know, but that's an interesting theory. Well, that would be very good if, um, if Sanders said that. Uh, your friend, by the way, is a uh, very distinguished journalist, right? Yes, he is. Phil Reeves of NPR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, so, I, I appreciate his perspective. I really do. I had never thought about that possibility before. Well, I think it's a really a, a, really a good idea. Hey, since we're talking about uh, uh, Biden, um, have you been, uh, who do you think he's, is he going to pick for uh, his vice presidential candidate? Well, just this morning, there was another uh, article online which touted Stacey Abrams of Georgia. Um, I think it's a growing possibility. I think, you know, uh, Amy Klobuchar makes sense to me, as does Governor Worthen of Michigan. They're Mm -hmm. from the Rust Belt. They're good. They're sharp people. Um, They know what they're talking about. But I, I, you know, I know that it's going to be extremely difficult for the Democrats to ever have a ticket of two white men. Is it going to be difficult for the Democrats and for Biden to choose two white people without a person of color on the ticket? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. What do you think of uh, Kamala Harris as a candidate? You know, I've watched her you know, all through the campaign. And um, it it seems like she lacks a certain, I don't know what. Something. Uh, well, she, uh, gravitas, maybe. A little bit of that and, uh, and, and a little bit of, of uh, too much caution, I think. You know, uh, she did, she did beat up on, uh, on uh, on, uh, uh, Biden. on Biden on the uh, on the busing issue and 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 that helped her. Uh, and just looking at her, uh, she's a senator. She held statewide office in California. Uh, she's got a distinguished record. Uh, she's uh, not only African American, but she's uh, Southeast Asian. Why wouldn't and why, a woman? Don't why forget that. What? And a woman. Don't forget that. <laughs> And a woman, what we're talking about, we, I think we both agree that the vice presidential candidate is going to be a woman. Biden said it flat out. He said it flat out. That, that, that did it. So, so we're just talking about women. Let's put these men to the side. Okay, so what, that's cool. What is wrong with her? She, she felt. Well, here's what's yeah. wrong with her. The Democrats have California. No way they're going to lose. California's 55 electoral votes. We are the heart of the resistance to Trump. That 55, that total of 55 electoral votes is already in Joe Biden's pocket. Why waste it on a candidate for 
vice president from California. He needs Michigan. He needs Minnesota. He needs Georgia. That's where I think he's got to look. Some state that he can tear away from Donald Trump. Well, you're operating under the theory that the vice presidential candidate uh, brings along the state they're coming from. Now that you, I don't agree with you on that. I think right, that's tell me why you don't agree. I, 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 I think, why I think it. I think that I think that's an outmoded theory. In the first place, these the campaigns have become very national in scope. Correct. And, uh, and we're not we're we're past the days where where we had the uh, Minnesota delegation to the national convention, which we may not even have. If we have a national convention, right, with their big Minnesota signs and saying, you know, Amy, Amy, and and then and that she's automatically going to bring along the state. I don't know if she's going to bring along the state. That's she certainly that's, helped in the primaries. But well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying out there that. I don't agree with you. I don't agree that it's so it's that helpful. But wait you, a minute, though. I, I agree that it, it it didn't mean a whole lot in the past. This is a very different time. This is a very different election. Um, those states were were so some of them were so close in the last election. I have to believe that the Democrats are going to have to work very hard to go into every other state except perhaps New York and California and really spend and really work it. And that for this election, I think, the, and particularly for Joe Biden, uh-huh. for several reasons, including the fact that he is 78 years old, he needs someone he can sell, someone younger, someone bright, somebody qualified, a woman, yes. So I disagree with you on this election. I mean, we've seen so many pieces of conventional wisdom be upended. Um, I can't agree with you that it's meaningless. At this point in time, in this election, with this incumbent and whoever wins the Democratic nomination, and it looks like Biden, someone who is that old. What do you you know, well, I think I think his age is, is tremendously important. And whoever he picks for uh, his vice presidential candidate um, has to be, uh, well, younger than him. Well, that's not hard to do. But, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it has to be somebody. You can't be the vice presidential nominee, Bill. You have to, <laughs> right. <laughs> it has to be somebody who's younger. You, you've got to assume that and it has to be somebody who's really qualified to be president. Correct. This is not your usual uh, running mate, where uh, you know uh, they pick Harry Truman, and then it turns out that he's a hell of a president. You know, they didn't right. know that. Well, some people knew it, but they it was a big surprise that he turned out to be such a good president. This has to be somebody who they really think can step in there on that day uh, when he's, if, if, if anything, God forbid, happened to uh, Biden and, and take over the job with great confidence and, and have that, that quality that reassures people. You know, we were going back to, uh, going back to Cuomo, uh, that quality that he showed. Uh, this Astonishing. Morning. 
Yeah. Leadership, yeah. it's called, Bill. Leadership, it's called. Well, well, well anyway, Jerry, this has been a really, uh, this has been a great, uh, a great discussion. And uh, uh, we, we, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I think we'll, uh, we ought to be able to come back. I, I think we have something to say during this time for we'll Mara. come back and we'll let everybody know when we come back. It won't be weekly. It might be with a couple of days. It might be a little bit more. But um, for me, it's a wonderful diversion if nobody listens to it. But I'll be very mad if nobody listens to it. Yeah. I mean, self-isolating <laughs> has, has really made me aware of how much we need one another and how much we need to discuss and how much we need to listen. So for me, this is a wonder in my day. And by the way, I'm toasting you, but I'm toasting you with my oh, coffee today. Well, well, the thing is, the last one we did, we toasted each other with the clink of glasses, but it was late in the afternoon. I think that it's probably not seemly for us to be toasting us ourselves with glasses at uh, midday. Well, here I disagree with you again. <laughs> and hey, any, but hey, I'm any. waiting for the day. I'll toast my computer, and I am waiting for the day when you and I can once again, sitting next to one another, clink glasses. And this is to everybody. Stay There's, cool. Stay cool. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.